What's up, guys? Welcome to episode four of the SauceCast. Let's go. We are stoked to be here. We have Chandler Russ, who just chimed in, the Vertex director. Good to be here. And then we also have Josh Wolfenstein. <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Josh Wolfer. I accidentally gave him the nickname of Wolfenstein about two years ago when I met him on total accident. And we were just talking before the podcast, and apparently it stuck. So, Wolfenstein, great to have you here. Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Guys, the SauceCast has been so fun year to date. We've had four episodes. Every single one has been jam-packed with little nuggets for people to learn from. And today is no different. From what I hear, Josh is about to drop some absolute wisdom on us. He gave a training, uh, was it a month ago, Chandler? Or? No, it's just the past few weeks he's been giving trainings on this new concept he's kind of pioneering, and it's been helping people like crazy. Dang. So that's why we have Josh on here today, is because he has this awesome new idea and this new mindset training we want to hear about, as well as he's been crushing it across the board in Empower, mm -hmm. right? So it's way more than just that. He has been doing great since day one at Empower. And so, Josh, I want to read a little bio about you because Empower is so big now, I don't know how many people know the Wolfenstein, right? I don't know how many people know Josh Wolfer. And so I'm going to read a little bio just to make sure that everyone's on the same page. Um, correct me if I'm wrong or anything here, but Josh, you're 23 years old, so a young buck. Yep. You're a married man, right? Yep. I know a lot of girls are sad about that, but you're a married man, 23 years old. You're a second-year sales rep at Empower. Um, Josh grew up in Farmington, Utah, so a little city in northern Utah, and he went to Viewmont High School, where coincidentally, a bunch of Empower reps went to high school, right? A ton. I mean, I, throughout Josh's bio, you're going to hear it over and over again. Since day one, Josh was meant to be an Empower rep. He has been around the Empower guys literally since he was 14 years old, and it never stopped. You'll, we'll continue. He went to Viewmont High School again with a bunch of Empower reps. During high school, Josh worked as a janitor for an elementary school and also worked at a movie theater. He told me he worked every single day from 3 o'clock till midnight after high school at the movie theater. And then he would do some um, janitor work in between that stuff. After graduating high school, he worked doing landscaping with more Empower reps. I think Ruben Lazinski, mm -hmm. right? And so he yep. went to high school with reps. He worked with reps. And then he decides to go on an LDS mission where Josh served in Mexico. What mission were you in, Josh? Uh, I was in the Oaxaca, Mexico mission. So the Oaxaca, Mexico mission, he's with more Empower reps. Just to name a few, um, Hunter Clark was there, Hans Verkler, Dallin Two, Lucas Allen, Caleb Christensen, and Alan Ortiz all served in the exact same wow. mission. Who would, have knew, who would have known you guys would all end up at Empower three or four or five years later? Yeah, it, it blows my mind, and it was actually really cool to see um, one of the first trainings that I ever had here at Empower. I saw Hunter Clark's name on a list, and I was like, "That that can't be him! Like, there's no there's no chance." And then all of a sudden, Hunter Clark walks in, and it's like, "Dude, no freaking way!" And so it was it was cool just right from the get go to connect with people that I've been you know working and serving with for for quite a while. And, you know, that was just the first case. And then since then, more people have trickled in and it's just been the same, same thing over and over. So it's been cool to see. Dude, the amount of times Josh has texted me and said another one has arrived, referencing someone else from his mission joining in power. It's been, I don't know how many times at this point that someone from your mission has ended up working here. 
Dude, just a surprise every time. (laughs) That mission was stacked. Like 100%. There's only one rep for my mission's going to work here. And so, obviously, my mission wasn't as uh, good. I think I think the Chihuahua mission is the only other mission that (laughs) has a few reps. I think Kaiden and Jake Meyer, Zach Murdoch. The Mexican missionaries like to. I think Oaxaca definitely is king, though. At least at Empower. 100%. So, after the mission, um, Josh came home, obviously surrounded by Empower guys. And then he runs into some more Empower guys. He ends up going to sell pest control with Green X, with Chandler Russ, Dallin, a lot of the OG guys from Vertex. And sold pests for one year before coming to Empower. Yep. Ever since then, he's been in Empower for the last two years. Um, last year, he ran a bunch of teams, was a team lead. And this year, he's been a divisional, and he's just about to become a regional. Actually, today, I believe, right? And Josh has constantly led from the front. You have been diligent in every aspect of the job. You've absolutely crushed recruiting as a whole. And so we really appreciate you being on the SauceCast, dude. Yeah, I appreciate it, you guys. It means a lot. I'm stoked for Josh to be here because he's been someone that since the, the days of pest control uh, that I've worked with Josh, he's been like one of the most reliable people that I can count on no matter what in any circumstance to say, hey, you know, we need to do this. I need this to be done. And, and Josh will get it done every single time. So mm-hmm. it's been a no-brainer in the Vertex organization for Josh to be a leader. Um, and he's done a, an excellent job and, and earned that every step of the way. Dude, 100%. Josh, I want you to know that your leader, Chandler, always talks very highly about you. I mean, everything he just Don't said. Don't tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> he also thinks you're weird. But no, everything he said just barely is true. He really does think you're a stud, and you always do what you say you're going to do. Like, do what you say and say what you do kind of thing is Josh Wolfer, in my opinion. And so we're stoked to have you, dude. And the first question that we ask everybody on the Sauce Cast is, what do you feel like your secret sauce is? What makes you different? What's any tips or tricks you feel like you've learned that separates you from the pack? Why do you think you're on the sauce cast, dude? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm a big advocate for just like working hard. Um, and just, I don't know. I've never been one that's like a, a complainer. I hate complaining about things. I hate like looking at the negative side of things. Typically when there's a negative side, you can outwork that. And so I, I feel like that's been like a huge um, part of my success, either in like sales, recruiting, managing, things like that. Um, I'm a lot more of like an introverted personality type. And so I, it's been cool to see like from Hans Berkler. I know he's, he's talked about that a lot, but I think because of the introverted side, um, it's been a lot easier for me to develop systems and then just utilize those different systems um, to have something consistent and you know, I've, I've never been like a, a crazy, like throwing down eight spots, 10 spots, 12 spots, anything like that. Uh, my best week was like a seven spot, but because of my routines and my systems and things like that, it's just been more consistency than anything. Um, last year, especially this year going into it, same type of consistency. Um, and so I feel like that's just been like the, one of the bigger things that's been more of like my my secret sauce i guess just routine systems and inconsistency and attitude right and always being positive and looking at the bright side of things i think that's so so true there's a lot of reps josh that probably if they met you on the streets they probably wouldn't think oh this guy's in sales right i mean just like you said you're a little more introverted a little more quiet more kept to yourself 
but you've learned how to be effective and you've learned how to be <clears throat> successful, which usually those are the best teachers from what I've seen. Like the guys that have learned how to do it, they had to learn it didn't come natural maybe or as natural. They're really good at teaching other people because they had to learn themselves opposed to sometimes like maybe if someone's a little bit more natural, then they don't know how they did it, right? They're just kind of, hey, I don't know. I do it. This is what right. I do. Right. I don't know what I, I don't know how to teach you this. And that's why we're stoked to have you today because even the training you gave is something you've learned that you use that's effective, that is so teachable. So that's why I think you're so perfect for the podcast is you really do embody everything in a power rep is supposed to be. Right. I'm curious, Josh, as well. I know Hans is obviously was the top rep of the year last year in the entire company. And I think you and Hans are quite similar as far as, you know, introverted personality types go. Can you expand on maybe some of those systems or one of those systems that you guys have implemented to be successful as introverted personality types? Uh, yeah. So like a, a big one is routine. I'm a big, big routine guy. Um, I like everything as simple as can be. And so every time, every morning I wake up like as close as I can to at the same time, but I'm always out the door by seven o'clock for the gym. Um, I get back and this is something new. I started it about a month and a half ago, but I've had a steak and three eggs every single morning and it's been, <laughs> it's been awesome. Josh, uh, <laughs> you told me that in Waco. We just were in Waco for our leadership retreat, and Josh is like, "Yeah, every morning I have a steak and three eggs." Did Did Dallin get you to do that? <laughs> no, good old uh, Joe Rogan tried it out and <laughs> freaking love it. Dude, that is the funniest uh, thing. I don't know why it just that cracked me up, bro. So yeah, it's it's that. Um, get ready, um, and, and I just kind of have that laid out to where that doesn't change. And I feel like it just kind of sets me up for, for a better day. Um, but then as well, in, in the clothes itself, I have different systems set in place. And this is something that I actually learned from Hans. And I have a huge amount of respect for him for, you know, sharing this. And um, I've, I've kind of developed like certain questions and certain things that I will ask every single person. And then depending on their response, I have something else that I can go to. And so it's not just me trying to like, uh, I, I love talking to people one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of group situations and in, in like, or like teaching groups and whatnot, but one-on-one -on -one with a homeowner, um, I, I have this just like little path that I can follow depending on what they say. I go to the next thing. I can kind of guide them to where I want to be going. And that's just been like the, I don't know, that, that best system with the clothes get, uh, side, I, I think. That is so um, cool. That's really cool. I, I think I think a more extroverted person just kind of goes out there and and whatever happens happens and whatever comes out of their mouth happens, you know. <laughs> yes. Whereas I think Josh and Hans, who are both very analytical and very, you know, this this certain type of way, you know, they ask questions very intentionally, mm -hmm. knowing that in almost like a chess match type of way, they're going to respond one of three ways, and depending on how they respond, they have prepared, you know, next steps to go from there, which I think is a very systematic way to go about doing sales. And I think obviously it works for both of them super well. Yeah, I agree. I think that was a really good intro to your secret sauce. There's so many things that you do that you've learned to set you apart from everybody else. I'm curious last year or not last year, three years ago. Now you sold pest control last yep. year. You switched over, sold empowers your third year in sales in general. What's that switch been like? 
And I mean, the question I want to ask is what's the most rewarding part of transitioning from pest control to solar and how has that transition been in general? Yeah. Um, by far the biggest, like the most rewarding thing has been uh, the idea that it's a product benefiting both me and the customer. And it's something that I can like genuinely get behind. Um, I found myself in pest control in, in Chandler. I, I can't remember like what my initial contract value or things like that were, but I like felt this burning desire to like sell the lowest possible contract value as possible just to help somebody out. Um, and in that industry, it's always preached on of like, Hey, you want to sell a high quality account and high quality just means you're pricing it as high as you can, even though you're delivering the same type of service. And in a job like this, yes, you can price a deal a little bit higher. You can make a little bit more commission off of it, but the end goal is still the same where your, your goal is to save them money. Your goal is to help them out. Your goal is to produce more power so that they can live more comfortably um, and so that switch has been incredibly rewarding. Um, it, it actually feels good to sell the product rather than feeling like it's, it's burdening the customer. Dude, I think that's awesome. Something that we recruit on hard at Empower that I've really tried to plug in in every area of the company is focus on product, right? Value and product. Um, we always say first pick your product and then the rest will come into place. Because if you don't believe in what you're selling, you're not going to sell it. I'm just a firm believer in that. I always have been. And so I think that's a really, really good point you just made that it sounds like you just, the product was a huge, huge change and your mindset towards that product. Sorry, what was that? It, it cut out just a little bit. No, just you're good. I was part. just saying it sounds like your mind, like your mindset about the product is the biggest thing that changed. Yeah. Um, work ethic still there. Like I loved getting out and, and grinding, knocking in the rain wasn't always the most fun in pest control or, or knocking the 12 hours straight days or the yeah 12 hours straight on, on each day um, wasn't the most enjoyable part. But um, being able to translate that into this and a product that I like, it's yeah, huge difference. I remember Josh's first sale here at Empower. I believe the customer's name was Angelina. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that, is that right? Yep. Yep, Angelina. <laughs> you remember that. I remember Josh's first sale, the, the customer. And I remember, you know, I think in that deal, Josh almost made in commission as much as he did that in the whole pest control season the year before. Are you serious? And while saving the customer money and doing something fulfilling and making a difference in the world as far as energy con conservation goes, like it was a win-win from five different perspectives. And I could just see that day, I have a picture on, on my phone of Josh sitting back in his bed, just like as content as can be, just super, super happy. I think you know what picture I'm talking about. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, he went out and knocked for two hours, got us, got us a bill pulled, and then went back there the day and closed it and made more than, or almost as much as he did in pest control in the whole season and helped somebody out um, by lowering their electric bill. Like it doesn't get better than that. Wow. So, I mean, you literally made more in one day than you did in roughly 90 five days. I don't know how many days there are. Typically a hundred days in a hundred days in a pest summer. One to a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> like that's insane. Even the guys listening to the podcast are shaking their head. Like that's crazy. I mean, yeah. it's just a huge, huge difference. So I'm glad that you made the switch and obviously you're a hardworking guy. You gave full effort in both industries. It sounds like I'm sure you didn't work any harder one or the other, but I'm assuming that towards the end of the summer you made 
two or three times as much selling slower than Pest. Is that safe? I think. Gosh, you you can you can you can get the multiplier out there. It's you, probably yeah, correct to me. I twelve x my my earnings from Pest Control to the solar. <laughs> it, was, it was a big jump. You twelve x your earnings. Wow. Yeah. This isn't super like this part of the podcast probably isn't super helpful for people learning how to sell solar, but for recruiting, that right there is a nugget. Like twelve times more one summer to the next from selling solar opposed to pest. Wow. Yep. So anybody should feel like they can take this and use that in, in recruiting for sure. going forward. For sure. Which is the point of these podcasts to help you in every part of the industry um, from selling, training, recruiting, leadership, financial freedom, whatever it is. So that's really cool. That really is astounding. I was shocked. I wish you could have seen my face there. I was literally <laughs> shocked to hear 12 times more. I always try and under promise. So I said two or three thinking it was maybe four or five. But I didn't know it was 12. I think that was kind of crazy. Um, Josh, what I want to jump into is I want to hear about your training on dopamine. I want to hear what you've been talking about lately and what are some of these things that you have learned as of late that are helping you crush the doors? For sure. Um, so I, I kind of got into this like big rabbit hole with dopamine. Um, I mentioned Joe Rogan a little bit earlier. It's somebody that I was just like listening to he has a wide variety of stuff. And somebody that was talking about dopamine came onto his podcast and it, it kind of spiked a little bit of interest. So I went in this big rabbit hole of like eight, nine hours of different podcasts uh, over like two or three days and throughout the car rides, gym, all that kind of stuff. I'd be listening to this, just trying to learn as much as I could. And as I was learning it, it was one of those things that just like clicks in your brain. And it's like, man, I am doing every single one of those things that I shouldn't be doing. And I'm seeing how it's impacting my motivation, like work ethic, all that kind of stuff. And um, so the, like a couple of the big things that I took away from it, and this is what I had given that training on, is uh, everybody has what's called a dopamine baseline. And that is just how you feel on a normal day-to-day -day basis. Right now, we're just talking. Um, we each have our own dopamine baseline, and that is dependent on, on how we're feeling currently. What happens is you go and you do a fun activity, you play video games, you close a deal, uh, whatever it is, and you get a huge dopamine spike. It feels great. You feel rewarded. But some of those spikes give you a big crash and that crash actually lowers your baseline. And so you, you might actually feel a little bit worse after. And so as I was learning this, I was like, all right, like how, how can I kind of think about that and apply that in a sales environment? And what I was learning was my, my routine that's in the morning is so like dialed, but I was oh, way overstimulated every single morning. So I'd, I'd wake up and I've talked to a bunch of people about this and, you know, they do something similar. The moment I wake up, I have music going. I put in my AirPods and I start listening to music. Um, I eat like a pre-workout meal. And every time before I, or while I eat, I feel like I have to watch something, YouTube, Netflix, whatever it is. And eating and, and watching something both spike dopamine. And, and so I'm doing these two things together. It's giving me like a huge spike. I go to the gym, I blast music, um, all that kind of stuff. And, and so I'm doing all these things every single morning that's giving me huge spikes in dopamine. 
And because of that, it crashes, my baseline drops. And then I feel like in those days, my motivation, my drive isn't there. Uh, it's, you know, I drive out to area and I, I feel like I have to drag myself to get out of the car to go knock. And I know tons of people have felt like that and like, you know, every once in a while. And I was like, man, like that's after I learned that, it's like, so, that's something I got to change. And so what I did is, uh, tried it on a Saturday. Um, this was for, uh, like a competition day and I needed to get out and, and really work hard. And so what I did, I woke up, I didn't listen to music. I kind of had a quiet morning just to reflect and like, just kind of honestly be in my own thoughts. I had my pre-workout meal. I went to the gym. Uh, I think I listened to music at the gym, came back, still quiet, ate, didn't watch anything, um, got out and had literally the most productive day I've, I'd ever had in my entire life. Uh, that's what it felt like. And it felt great. Like, uh, <laughs> it, it felt amazing. And in, in kind of doing that, um, one of the big things that, that was learned from it is because I was limiting myself in the morning, maybe staying away from social media, YouTube, Netflix, um, all that kind of stuff, I was actually able to find that same dopamine feeling, that same feel-good chemical from Instagram as I was in like the effort that I was putting out. And so while I was out knocking, I was getting that same response. It felt great. It started to pour. I literally got soaked while I was out there and it felt great. Like I was, I was as happy as could be. Uh, that was the first time that I'd ever wanted to, to keep knocking during a rainy season or during a rainy day. And I honestly would have, if I just had like an umbrella, maybe like a case for my iPad, something like that. Um, and so it was just, it was so cool to see that literally just one, one day of a switch and it had that big of a, of an impact. Uh, and so in, in kind of talking about it with a couple of reps, there are a ton of reps, a couple of my managers as well that have felt something similar. And as they've applied that, trying to limit certain things in the morning, it's, it's had a huge, huge uh, result to it. So wow. kind of a lot of info, but yeah. That is very interesting. I haven't been prefaced on this at all. Like I didn't know. How cool is that? <laughs> I had, yeah. All I heard from Chandler was, dude, Josh is a cool dopamine training you should hear. And that's all I've known. So that is really interesting that you literally changed your levels so that when it did come time to work, you were more mentally ready to work, right? Yep. Basically made it so that knocking provided the dopamine spike that his body was looking for instead of all this stimulus in the morning that ultimately, you know, and I felt this in my own life, like where you wake up and it's just stimulus, 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 you know, food and Netflix and mm -hmm. this and that reading and, and dopamine like crazy. And then you get out onto the doors and it's just quiet. And your baseline just plummets. Totally. You're like, crap, I don't want to be here right now. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it's almost like it's the ultimate self-mastery, you know, like controlling your your actions and your thoughts to the point where you control the chemicals in your body to where the 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 chemicals are released when you're knocking doors and you're feeling that dopamine spike because of the effort you're putting in to your job. And that's mm -hmm. that's that's the excitement or reward in your day. Is, is putting effort into the doors and not all this all this nonsense before. Dude, that is so, so interesting. So you're essentially saying that if you were a rep. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You're essentially saying that we had a little technical difficulty there. We'll edit that out. 
but you're essentially saying that if you were a rep, then you would possibly change your morning routine to be a little bit more quiet, a little bit more um, concentrated on like your own thoughts, and then let the dopamine come from work and not from your favorite TV show in the morning. Yeah. Um, and it, it's not to say like you have to go full monk and like limit everything you enjoy and, and never part, like never do it, mm-hmm. but you, you can trick yourself and, and, uh, do what's called a random interval. And so right now, because like for me, example, for, for me, for example, um, my routine has caused it to where I know exactly when I'm getting my dopamine spikes. I know when I'm watching Netflix, I know when I'm eating, I know when I'm doing all that. And so what I do instead is I'll flip a coin and if it's heads, I can, you know, listen to music at the gym or I can do this. And if it's tails, then I don't. And literally just that little change gives it a little bit more random interval to it. And it does not give me the, the spike of dopamine as, as it normally is. And so it's like, I do things like that to just kind of change it up a little bit. There's some days that I don't listen to music at the gym and there's some that I do. Um, and, and so, yeah, like you can still enjoy and still do those things, but just change it up or maybe just be more like mindful of it. Maybe uh, kind of self-evaluate and say, hey, I spend 30 minutes every morning on Instagram. You know, that's already depleting all that, all that dopamine. It's giving me way too big of a spike. Maybe I should change that up a little bit. Um, that's, that's probably like a, a better place to start. I just went full, like, I just need silence. I'm going to give it a full shot like that. And I've really enjoyed that, but, uh, not everybody should go full monk. I don't think. <laughs> I, I know, uh, I know Hunter Dale, for example, has listened to you on this and really kind of felt similarly to, to you, Josh. He was, he was explaining to us the other day that, you know, since Josh explained this, he's, he's realized, you know, on the days where. I wake up super early and go to the gym and go all out of the gym are the days where I'm most tired and get the least done. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. And typically, you know, we've always preached, you know, that morning routine, you know, having that gym in the morning, having that physical activity in the morning is, is key to being successful and it can be, and it is, you know, to an extent, right. It to the point where you can go and, and do those things without, you know, creating these massive dopamine spikes in the morning to where when you get out in the doors, your baselines just plummet. Right. And so now going to the gym and, and having a moderate workout that's not overstimulated, you know, still getting your physical activity for the day, doing 75 all in, mm-hmm. et cetera, you can still do that. But without, you know, having these over, overinflated spikes of dopamine in the morning that affect you through your work day. Yeah, I think that's so true. I've noticed that for myself definitely is when I go to the gym in the morning and I work out for 30 minutes. And it's like a good workout. I'm there for 30 minutes, but I leave and I'm not like, wow, my body's shaking I overexerted myself. Those are the better days for me. You know, like that is where I work a little bit better all day at work. I'm a little bit sharper. I'm not tired. I'm not not trying to not stand up for my desk or whatever it is. And so I can totally see that. So you're saying, hey, at night or in the evenings, that's when you, like, does the dopamine levels matter in the evenings? Because you can sleep it off and change it or? Yeah, I mean, not really. At that point, it's like, you don't really have anything else to do. You don't have any work to do. Maybe you have like numbers to put in or like a couple little things to finish out the day. But, um, you know, at that point it doesn't really matter too much. Okay. Awesome. So every night when you sleep, your dopamine levels kind of restart. Okay. You can, you can think about it like, um, dopamine is a commodity. 
And every morning when you wake up, you start with a certain level. And as you like do all these things that spike dopamine, that commodity dips. When you go to sleep, you reset that commodity and it's, it kind of resets itself. Interesting. So you wake up at a certain level and you don't want to spike it up too early because then it'll drop down below the baseline. And you have less later. Yeah. So you almost mm-hmm. want to keep it at the baseline until you need it, draw on it when you need it while you're knocking doors, working hard. And then if it drops down later in the day, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Or you can spike it back up again or whatever. Also okay. too, pretty key point that Josh mentioned is like, you can trick your mind into releasing dopamine for doing certain things. So may- maybe reps are used to feeling excited or have a dopamine release when they, when they get that set, when they mm-hmm. get that bill pulled. Whereas Josh is rewarding himself with those dopamine spikes when he puts in a full effort on a door. Right. Mm-hmm. And, re- and having a dopamine release at the, at the, I think more appropriate or more correct times. And so now he can train his mind and train his body to chemically enjoy putting in a good effort and knocking as hard as possible rather than just, than just looking for the next bill. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, for you, every time you knock a door, it's a dopamine spike. It's not just when you pull a bill, right? which is a difference. That's Huge a difference. big difference. It could be one out of every 20 doors you pull a bill or one out of every 30, you get it once every hour or two hours opposed to just every time you do it, you get that spike. Yeah. And it's, it's cool. Like if you're only looking for that dopamine spike from the reward itself, like if you tell yourself, I hate knocking doors, but I love closing deals. Yeah. You're going to get a crazy big spike when you actually close the deal. But what that does is it, it creates like a negative habit and it actually makes it much harder to go out and knock the doors. And so kind of like Chandler was saying, you can trick yourself into thinking, and the whole system is connected. Like you can literally think and say, Hey, um, I like knocking doors or I find it enjoyable. And in doing that, you will get dopamine from it. Um, and then it, it, you know, you still get the spikes when you close a deal, it still feels good. Like it's good to feel that dopamine. It's just managing it a little bit better. Um, and the only way you can, you can draw on those reserves to trick your body during those knocking hours is if you still have reserves left after your morning routine. So there is only a certain amount of reserves available, right? And I'm sure for everybody, it's a little bit different and I'm sure your body can, uh, you know, acclimate to get more or less or whatever it is. But that is super interesting. It kind of reminds me of people that run marathons. Marathon runners always talk about the first, I don't know what they say. I don't run marathons, but the first six, seven miles are so hard. And then all of a sudden the dopamine hits. They always say that like it's hard and all of a sudden it hits and you get the runner's high is what they call it, which I would imagine just the runner's dopamine for coming in their body. And all of a sudden the rest of the race is easy for them is what they say. And so you're kind of learning about this and studying this to try and become more effective on the doors. Dude, that is so cool. That is a scientific podcast right there. I think we're going to change it. Instead of Dr. Cells, Dr. Wolfenstein. Dr. Wolfenstein here to talk about dopamine today. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is so cool. Seriously, Josh, throughout the rest of the year at Empower, what are some of your goals, dude? What do you want to be? What do you want to do? And on a week-to-week basis, do you set goals? On a month-to-month basis, I just want to spend the last minute or two talking about goals because I think everyone needs to think about them, do them, say them. We literally, we're doing 75 all in right now, Chandler and I and some of the directors, and we're just trying to really focus on it. And I've noticed a huge difference, even just reviewing my goals every day. So how do you deal with goals and do you set them? 
Yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm a big advocate for uh, this is a concept that Kevin Hall taught me, and it's a success goal and a stretch goal. And so throughout the year, I have a stretch goal, something that is going to require a lot more effort than normal. And if I do that, this is what should be received. And then I have a success goal that's a little bit more, it's still up there, but it's a little bit more relaxed. And it's basically just, if I left the year with this, I would feel very successful in doing so. Um, I kind of review those goals maybe once a week, once every couple of weeks. Um, my yearly goals. Um, but then during like a weekly planning, I'll take a look at what I want to achieve in that week and then kind of break up to, to do that. Dude. So I'd love to hear what are your stretch goals? What are your success goals? I want to hear what they are. So Vertex South region, uh, stretch goal would be about 1400 installs. Let's and go. then a success goal would be 1100 installs. So you've got to be somewhere in between the two is kind of yep. where you're where you're putting yourself, right? Yeah. Okay. Calling a shot. Calling a shot. 1,100 to 1,400. Very cool. What else do you got for us, dude? Um, I've always had a goal when I, you know, when we grew to a region, I wanted to help uh, 10 people break the 50 install mark. Um, and I think that there are a lot of heavy hitters, especially in Vertex South, that can't achieve that. Um, I want to get 30 people to Mexico. And then I'd like at least half of the people in our region to break the um, $100,000 deposited mark. Dang. You so, want half the people in your region? Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> That's that insane. That is so crazy. Just I just think about other door-to-door companies. And Chandler and I, I mean, all day, every day, we talk about recruiting, recruits, differences between companies. And there is no other company in the world that says, I want half my reps to make hundred grand or more. At least deposited. I mean, they might want that. They but might they want have that. Literally, no way to make. Yeah, that happen. I mean, it's not happening, right? It's not data. I mean, we have Dr. Wolfenstein. It's going to happen. The data's <laughs> there. Data's correct. Well, Josh, we appreciate you so much. Is there anything else that you or Chandler want to throw in there before we wrap up this episode? I'm super grateful for Josh. I think he's someone that invests in himself a ton, which is a core value at Empower here mm-hmm. that we want all of our leaders to invest in themselves so they can then take care of their reps. For sure. I think Josh embodies that for sure. Dude, self-development, you put effort in. Obviously, you have a leadership coach. You're studying, you're reading, listening to podcasts. Clearly, you're trying to develop as a human. So I, I agree with Chandler on that for sure. I appreciate that a ton. Um, I was kind of thinking about this because one of our managers asked this at the retreat, how can I invest in myself? And you know, we talked about courses and you can buy this and get a coach and do all that kind of stuff. But really looking back on it, like there's so much free self-development out there. There's so much, so many like podcasts, there's so many different things. And so maybe like a bigger resource that you could spend is just like dedicating time to it, um, to self-development. And you know, that's, it's going to benefit you in, in a lot better ways than just trying to look for, for a course. Wow. I think that is actually a bomb of wisdom that we need to kind of spend an extra minute on. Dude, I agree with you so, so much. I think that there's so many good books and podcasts that everyone should read and listen to. Like, they're staples in my life. And just now, after, I would say my self-development journey has been the last three to four years. Heavy, right? A lot heavier than previously in my life. And just now, am I getting to the point where I'm like, I definitely need a coach now because I've already done a lot of those things, right? And so I think that that's so true that, 
if you're listening to this, don't feel like you have to go out and spend 10 grand on a coach today if you haven't read a book in the last 12 months, right? Like there's definitely steps to this equation. So, wow, that's a good, good little nugget there. Yeah. It's, uh, it's helped a ton, honestly. And I, it's, uh, it's cool to look back and kind of see kind of like yourself, that whole self-development journey and, and kind of where, where it's come from and where it's at now. And like little by little, there's always still uh, different things that you can be learning. So, Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Josh, for being on the SauceCast. I really appreciate it. Chandler, thanks for you for being here. Of course. Love having you guys on. Everyone stay tuned for next week's episode. But Josh, thanks so much, brother. Yeah, I appreciate you guys a ton. It means a lot. All right. Bye-bye.